Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today I am joined by Vic. Vic, you are back in Chicago. How is it to be home? So baby, it's good to be home. Good to be back in the pot. Man, appreciate you uh, making it making it happen while you were out there too. Uh, it's a little bit easier now, but uh, and today our guests are Brandon Wimbush and Aiden Sayel. Thanks for joining, guys. Thanks for having us on, man. Really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Hey, guys. Great to be on pod. Looking forward to it. If you guys can maybe introduce yourselves a little bit, uh, just kind of your background, who you are, where you're from, that would be great. This is Brandon speaking. I'm originally from uh, northern parts of of New Jersey, Bergen County, to be specific. I went to um, the only Jesuit school in New Jersey, which I'm I'm really proud of, St. Peter's Prep there in Jersey City. Graduated there in 15 and, and you know, was fortunate enough to uh, have an uh, athletic career. Um, I played football, played quarterback, went on to play for the University of Notre Dame between uh, 15 and 18. Uh, started for the program between 17 and 18. Uh, got benched. Uh, you got to produce when you play at that high of a level, right? So business is business. So graduated uh, Notre Dame in 18 with an accounting degree. And uh, had to figure out what was the next step for me. So uh, was recruited by a bunch of these college coaches coming out of high school. So I had, you know, maintained a good relationship uh, with a bunch of them. But surprisingly, the one the school that I ended up going to, I didn't have a prior relationship with Coach Heupel and, and Jeff Levy, who were down at uh, University of Central Florida, where I ended up for my last collegiate year um, and maintained and, and, and kept up with, with Mr. Law here. So finished my collegiate career in end of 19 and then you know was training for the nfl and then kind of covid hit right so a lot of athletes have been affected and impacted by covid but absolutely no excuses you know everybody faces adversity and that's just something for really everybody in the world to kind of go through together so you know i i knew that sorry this is a long intro but i knew no, good. You know, i uh you know there, there there may have not been an opportunity for me uh professionally so i I tried to leverage everything I had at, at Notre Dame in terms of relationships and uh, network. So, you know, Aiden was one of those, those people that I admired um, on a professional level. And we connected while I was training and kind of launched the business together, not kind of, we launched the business together and um, that's kind of where I am today and, and operating that business. Amazing. And then Aiden, uh, so what were you doing? You, how'd you guys meet? What's the connection there? Yeah. Uh, Jake Vick. Thanks again. Um, so as Brendan mentioned, we were both raised in northern parts of New Jersey. He went to St. Peter's Prep. I went to Seton Hall Prep. 
So we originally met in high school. I'm a couple of years older than Brandon, but we just got to know each other socially, reconnected well throughout our time at Notre Dame. Um, I graduated in 2017. So I was there, you know, I left one year prior to Brandon, but really started to, you know, reconnect throughout this name, image, and likeness process, right? Obviously, Brandon offers the ability to empathize with collegiate athletes. He's been through in their shoes. He understands the rigor and the time commitment that comes with, you know, being a collegiate athlete. Um, so when, when you're creating a company around name, image, and likeness and helping the athlete to monetize their brands, um, Brandon's the perfect, perfect mm -hmm. co-founder, someone who can really, you know, speak towards what they'd be, you know, looking for in a product. So, you know, Brandon and I, that's how we met. Um, that's how we've maintained our relationship and how we, you know, originally got into business here as well. By way of background, right? So, you know, my story is a lot less interesting than Brandon's. You know, my Grew up playing sports, huge, huge, um, passionate sports fan, all the New York teams, really, you know, Rangers, Giants, Yankees, and then grew up playing soccer and basketball, primarily ran track in high school, um, did a little bit of boxing and playing inner hall football as well at Notre Dame, which Brandon likes to tease me about, you know, it was really working in financial services. I worked for Morgan Stanley in private equity as well, following that experience um, and as a strategy associate for a large data firm. I was really looking forward to making a tangible impact on the lives of others through the lens of sports. Um, obviously recognizing that athletes have really been criminally disserviced in their ability to monetize their brands, but also the communities surrounding these large college athletic programs um, haven't had the opportunity to tap into that value because you know the marketing opportunities aren't there because it was illegal to engage with them. So um, really identified this as a huge opportunity. Um, Brandon as a really awesome co-founder and we've been running ever since for about a year and a half, two years now. Before you get going, Jake, sorry. Um, Aiden I'll do it. sounds about as decorated as they come. I'm uh, just <laughs> unfortunate not to have known you as long as I know Brandon, but I'm going to go ahead and just say that Brandon's kind of, you know, shortchanging us a little bit, especially to all our listeners. Brandon was the, he was the, you know, I, I'm not going to say it so we don't have to edit it out, but my man was the face of the, the team, right? He was, he was Notre Dame before. The old, the old green and gold became like this always, you know, they've always been good, right? But before they became the, the number one against Clemson, against Alabama every year, you had, you had our guy here, you know, slinging that thing around and running around, right? Like <laughs> Brandon's kind of, you know, shortchanging himself. Um, but, you know, as, as life happens, you know, things happen. But man definitely was a, was a primetime athlete and was a star in his own right in Notre Dame. And I even got to see a little bit, I don't know how much of a basketball player he was, but he was all right, Jay. I, I, think, I think in the Amrio League, like Brandon might be your, your hey. MVP or runner-up MVP. That means a lot. That means a lot. Because Vic on this show is constantly going at people for their basketball ability. So if he's going out of his way to compliment you, that must I was, mean something. I was rebounding for, for Vic, so he didn't see much. Go. He saw my passing ability. Um, and that was that was pretty much the the length of, of my abilities <laughs> on the on the court. Once I started lifting weights, you know, it, it starts yeah. to prohibit kind of your 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 jump shot. Which that's that's my excuse. No, but um, uh, that's an amazing story. And the company that you guys run together is called Mogul. Am I saying it right? Correct. Yep. And I kind of I think it's a great place to start. Um, you know, I went to school and studied sports management and sports business. So this is something. This is an issue that. I'm, you know, familiar with, and I understand that there is a massive problem. And this is something that I think lately has been addressed more so than ever. And there, we're seeing the change, uh, you know, happening in real time right before our eyes. Uh, can you guys, you know, Brandon and Vic, maybe speak a little bit more to 
the business of college sports for some of these listeners that maybe, you know, have a, a general sense of it, but you guys both really experience it at a high level. Maybe if you guys can share that would be amazing. Yeah, Vic, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. And, and just speaking kind of to our company, our philanthropic mission of, of providing accessibility uh, into back into youth sports, right? It's, it's kind of where our big focus is um, on the philanthropic side of it. And, and uh, getting into, into that background, that's really why I wanted to join forces with Aiden, right? Just kind of make a, a larger impact on uh, sports and, and youth sports in, in specific. As far as uh, collegiately, right? Like it's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry um, that, like Aiden said, the athletes are the prime uh, revenue driver in that equation, right? And we've been oppressed for so long um, and our voices have kind of been downplayed, downshadowed, right, if you will. And uh, it's, it's about time, right? This is something that is your birthright, your name, image, and likeness, right? right. Um, the, the ability to utilize your name, you know, for your benefit. And uh, it's been taken away from us from an institution that's been in place for over 100 years. So um, it's, it's a change that, you know, us athletes are, are obviously very excited about. And, you know, we just want to be able to do it the right way. I, I guess from through my experience, right, like, and, and Brandon kind of talked about it, from a business perspective, um, I'm, I'm happy he, he shared that. But kind of going deeper into it from a, just an athletic standpoint, um, it's, it's kind of different, right? Like, like I'm showing my age a little bit here. Me and Brandon went to, to college, right, before they before they were making all these, like, adjustments and giving all these incentives to guys, like, you're getting your, your stipend, you're getting your um, cost of attendance, you're getting all this other stuff, right? Like, when I was a freshman, you know, I, I, I was, you know, in the dorms. I had my dorm food. Outside of that, like I'm broke, right? Like I'm eating Burger King. I'm getting twenty nuggets for two dollars. Like I'm doing all that, right? And, I, and I'm one of the best players on the team. Like I'm the guy. That they're like, you go do this promo. You go, you know, go to this camp. You do this. And I can only imagine what Brandon does on at his level, right? Because Northwestern at the time, this when I'm a freshman, it was right after the football team tried to unionize, right? And you're coming out of that episode, and it didn't go through. And Northwestern football is kind of like, they're not black marked, but that's like the thing that they're known for, right? The basketball team has not really made a name for themselves yet. The football team is a team that, that's been good at producing, and now they have this image. As a basketball player coming up, you're trying to still monetize yourself, market yourself, create some visibility around the program. But for Brandon at Notre Dame, like that already has that go Irish, that kind of like image, right, that sells out that huge stadium every game. For a guy like him that's in a position that's a quarterback that's very visible, I can only imagine, like, when we were young, right, and we're struggling, and it had we had, like, companies like Mogul then, like, like how how things have turned out. Like, like what would Zion have looked like at Duke, right? Like, if he could have profited off of Zion, right? Like, how much money do you think Duke and NCAA made just by having him there? A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, can you bring in maybe <laughs> – speak to some of those things that you know maybe were normal to you at the time but you know were you were you coaching kids in camps for Notre Dame were you signing autographs all day maybe just speak to some of the things that went along with being the star quarterback at a major you know college football powerhouse um yeah I think everything that um you mentioned and more 
was optional and i'm putting quotations since this is you know just audio i'm putting quotations around the word optional which is common for every athlete every athlete knows that the word optional is is mandatory right like if you don't show up to an optional workout your ass is not (laughs) your ass is not playing right so um but everything from you know everything that we're offering on our platform from autograph signings uh charity events appearances you know photo shoots right we obviously wanted our brand to be out there, but we didn't know what we were doing it for, right? And, it was, and again, it was it was mandatory, right? So we had to do these these things, and it was there were more so group sessions and team activities, um, and obviously we we didn't have the ability to profit um, from the time that we you know were committing to these types of events. There's something called Rara and Kara, right? These are two time time distinguishing uh, factors that you know compliance office implements into the student athlete or the college athlete schedule, right? Some, some of them are, are required activities. Some of them are uh, optional, but again, everything's kind of um, mandatory there. So, but yeah, everything that you mentioned, right? All those types yeah. of engagements and activities within the communities um, was a way to promote the Notre Dame brand, right? So um, the ability now to, you know, step out outside of the team a little bit, do your own thing, right? Make a couple of dollars here and there you know, monetizing my, my last name is, is a huge opportunity. Brennan, I guess I would ask, even Ada, you can, you can chip into this. How, how do you think, um, so take, take your, what you know now, right, with Mogul, and kind of put yourself back in the shoes when you were a college student, right? How do you think Mogul would have affected you while you were in college? Um, I think from my standpoint, man, this is something that I would have loved to have had access to, right? I feel like you as well at, at Northwestern, um, and I'll, I'll let you touch on it, but me and, and South Bend as the quarterback, like that's like prime time money-making opportunity. Right. It's a, it's a small city where a lot of the, um, a lot of the economic activity is based on the university of Notre Dame athletics. Like right. literally everything is really driven around um, like Aiden knows, right? Like he would enjoy his weekends and, go to restaurants and, and everything was surrounded by and, and um, orchestrated around Notre Dame sporting events, right? People came into the cities and, and you should, I mean, you should look up the number. Um, I think just what the bookstore did alone at Notre Dame on football weekends, it was millions of dollars in revenue on football weekends. Right. And that's just the bookstore. So I think, you know, the mogul platform allowing, you know, us individual athletes to um, engage with the community on a more individual kind of basis is going to go a huge way. And, and what we like to say is that it's going to impact everybody positively, right? Everybody who's a part of this, right? So from the athlete to the university, to the community, right? As, as an athlete, if I engage with a community member, they're going to be more excited to continue to follow my career. Therefore, they're going to purchase more tickets they're going to purchase more gear from the university right like the athletic department's going to reap benefit from it as well so again we're just trying to provide something for the athlete that helps them take advantage of the opportunity it sounds like a it's a very much needed tool right now Um, but brandon i kind of wanted to pull back a little bit and ask you about you had mentioned in your kind of introduction of yourself that you were benched at notre dame and i wanted to ask this question you know growing up i imagine you can speak to this again. You were probably a very highly touted quarterback. You were ranked very highly if you're ending up at Notre Dame as a starting quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. 
did that moment in time kind of wake you up in a way that you hadn't been woken up in the past? Uh, said this is a business. This is this is going to change. Yeah. You know, this is changing my relationship to the game. This isn't just the thing that I love to do, and you know, I get to do it now. There's there are other factors at play. Yeah, I think this is probably the largest kind of adversity hump that I, I had to uh, overcome. And like you know, you put it into perspective, it's not that big of you know, it's not that that big, right? When you put it into perspective of what some some other people are going through in, in this world, um, but definitely kind of changed my perspective and my outlook right i mean as, as a high school athlete and vic knows this you're, you're thinking you're going to go play professionally and you're and you're being recruited you're a three or four you know five star guy then you know for for football uh, nfl sundays is, is what you're envisioning and you go to the university of Notre Dame, and, and everybody's being drafted and, and it's just something that's ingrained in you and you think it's you know once you start for a whole you know entire year and then you, you you begin the next season and that's just something that's kind of looking you dead in the eye right so for that kind of route to be steered off path uh kind of threw me off a little bit right but definitely you know had to come to realization that it was bigger than than myself right and we went 12 and 0 that year and i like to think that i was a big part of that in, in terms of um the way i was able to support the rest of the, the, the teammates the rest of the year right I mean, you got to think it was a blessing in disguise almost, right? Like, you go through that, like, COVID hits and COVID, for a number of reasons, it's like it's been this horrible thing, right, for, for a lot of reasons. But to get you kind of to, like, take a step back and, and look and, like, for you to make this company mogul and for it to be doing so well is just, I don't know, like, I, you know, to me, things yeah. happen for a reason. And right. um, you never know, like, where you would be right now if you would have kept playing. Um, but right. we're happy to have you here, right, and, and to be talking about mobile and, and kind of just the grand scheme of things. I wonder who Aiden's partner would have been if it wasn't me. <laughs> who, who would he have selected? Um, That's a great if I was question. Playing, if I was playing in the league, or, or would it have been somebody else from, like, a different Or maybe it would just still be you. I just wouldn't be able to, you know, bother you on Sundays. So how did you, how did you guys – so Aiden, was, Literally. was Mogul your uh, – like, like how, how did Mogul – like, how did the – how, kind of how was the baby born, Yeah, so to speak? Yeah, so I was working in finance, as I mentioned at the top of the call. Um, I ended up, it was probably six months prior or four months prior to reaching out to Brandon. Um, but I I remember I wrote up the entire business plan in a text, sent it to my brother and said, hey, like this is basically our ticket out of finance. We were both working like terrible hours in New York. Um, my brother's an investment banker. I was working in private equity at the time. And we're just getting there, you know, every morning at eight, staying till, you know, 12, one, whatever, um, not really feeling valued for what we're doing, just being another cog in the wheel, right? Um, and I remember texting him this entire business plan, basically for a marketplace that would connect athletes to opportunities to monetize their name, image, and likeness. And he responds and goes, when do you start? Or when do we start? Um, uh, he is, you know, he, he got too busy at work and has some other really great opportunities. So he's not really part of the team yet or you know for the time being but i wrote the business plan that weekend um it's very similar to the one that you see today but then started to you know whenever i had free time started to reach out to as many athletes as possible in my network to get their feedback on what a, what a product would need to look like for them um learn you know what what the ins and outs of being a college athlete looked like what businesses they'd like to work with and things like that um, obviously I was still working at the time, so I really needed to actually take a step away from private equity before we really sunk our teeth in here, which is about around the time that I got back in contact with Brandon. 
So Brandon and I had had a number of um, introductory phone calls around the name, image, and likeness space. Picked his mind about everything that you know he was thinking in the space. And then he actually reached back out to me and said, "Hey, you remember that thing that we've been talking about? Um, I'd like to get formally involved." And I'm like, "Hell yeah! Like this is <laughs> this is perfect." Um, really great founding team. You know, obviously we both kind of tackle it from very different avenues and provide different um, strategic value to the, to the company. Um, but yeah, so. The business plan was written originally, I want to say, in um, September of 2019, um, you know, really close to before COVID you know, hit, and then allowed the opportunity to really spend more time working remotely, uh, doing it throughout the day yeah. during, the, during the day job. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, want, I know we're running short on time, um, so I want to ask really quickly, how, for any athletes listening, you know, how does this work? How does your platform work for them? Is it available to any up-and-coming athletes? Uh, do you have certain requirements? Does it start at a high school level? Is it collegiate level? Kind of just take us through that. Yeah. So for anyone listening, um, first of all, we would love to connect. Um, so we'll drop all of our handles and website and everything and email addresses at the end of the uh, at the end of the interview today. But what Mogul is is it's a platform that will connect current and former collegiate athletes to opportunities to monetize their name, image, and likeness. As an athlete, you'll be able to log in create your profile, include any content that you'd like to include, highlight videos, pictures of you and your family, pictures of your dog, um, whatever you want to include there, services you'd be willing to provide and reviews of partners that you've worked with in the past. And that way you'll be able to seek throughout the job dashboard of available opportunities for you in a South Bend, Indiana, in a Chicago, Illinois, in a Tuscaloosa, Alabama, recognizing that all athletes provide such incredible value to the local community um, and everybody has, you know, value to provide, whether it's autograph signings, social media campaigns, private athletic training, running your own training camps. Um, so it's free for the athletes, always will be. Um, we're currently on a mission here to, you know, really build this to a company that's synonymous with collegiate athletics and allows athletes to really act as their own agent throughout this platform or this process and no longer be taken advantage of, frankly. So, you know, the website's mogul.online, M-O-G-L online. The Instagram is at get.mogul. Um, on that Instagram, you'll find a lot of really informative content as well. Um, Brandon does a lot of Instagram live series with some really high profile athletes that can tell their story and how a name, image, and likeness would have helped benefited them as well. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. Um, you can email us as well. The email address and contact information is on the website. Thank you, man. Well, you know, we know we haven't got to end it, man, before we even get out of here. I, that, you and, beat me uh, to it. Basketball's familiar. Brandon's familiar with basketball. Aiden's familiar with basketball, man. We're going to we're gonna have to do it. Name your, right now in the league today, your top three players in the NBA. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm not biased, but Durant did just have that game last night. So I'll just yeah, so I go, <laughs> I go KD. KD's I'm, I'm going to just give you three, right? I'm going to give you no, three. No, 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 no. You can't, you, you the can't order. dance around it. You got to do an order, a hard order. So, you know what's tough, right? You, you have the most uh, – you have the latest version of an athlete mm-hmm. in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, playoff Booker is probably in my top three, okay. right? Jokic okay. or or Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Like, those playoff – those are playoff guys, though. Fair if enough. you think about, you know, regular season guys, I don't know who was oh, – Okay, okay, let me remember. change it. Let me check. Brandon's getting too smart. Brandon's an athlete. If you no. got to pick three guys right now to win a championship, where are you picking? I'm picking KD, book is hot, and uh, like fucking Luca. There you go. Okay, there we go. That's a good three. Hey, listen, you're three. 
Yeah, this pains me to say it because I'm such a massive LeBron fan. Um, I think he's <laughs> I think he's the GOAT, and I really don't think it's close anymore. But right now, best three in the NBA, I go KD, LeBron, Steph. Okay. Jake, I, we have we have done this too, Jake. Who are your, who's your three right now? It's tough. Don't do the Lakers. I, don't do the Lakers bullshit. I'm not, Just I'm do not, unbiased. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing my Lakers bullshit. I <laughs> KD, Luca. Based on recent performance, like I gotta say, KD, Luca, and like Steph. Those three, I just I can't not include. Even though right. LeBron's my guy, it's just he did a couple things that make me want to leave him out of that list <laughs> right now. Like He's walking off the court with five minutes left. He's five minutes left. Walks off the court. I know. I give him the slack. He's fourth. He can be fourth, but he's not on that that short list. Go Vic. I got. I mean, if I told you two days ago that KD would have beat the Bucks with a big three of him, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin, you'd have slapped me in the face. Was it Harden? James James Harden played. Harden played on. He was on the other team. Thirty percent. He was playing for the other team. Brandon, you could have dribbled the ball up. And back down the three point line all game. You could, we could have said you were hard out there. So we're not going to say hard was really out there. Like, you got to give him credit for playing, but he's so hurt. Like, you could tell he's just not, he's not yeah. ready yet. But I, I got Katie, I got Katie, LeBron, and Luca and round down my top three. Katie, LeBron, and it, For a while, I would have said Giannis, but. We don't have time to get into your feelings know, about I Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> I still love Giannis. You don't have, love you Giannis. Don't have, I love have any sauce to me, bro. I, I just I can't get with his game, bro. We can talk about it. Just they've done the same thing yeah. for three years. Like I I, just, I want to see them do something different and progress forward. Yeah, yeah he's also yeah. often outshined by Middleton. True, true. Well, Brandon, Aiden, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we're super excited to see what you guys do with Mogul. And hopefully we can have you guys back on here in the future. Sure. My right, man, thank you so much, Jake and Vic. We appreciate you guys having us on and being able to tell a little bit of our story. Of course. Thanks yes. so much, guys. If you want to connect with Vic, hop on the mogul platform. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, See take guys. care. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.